1: dimly lit room, where deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound, hair hey buddy, today, hump day, we're under the tutelage of our general manager.
0: Oddly enough, the British Parliament, which to the surprise of many, broke out in the halls of Congress last night as an angry old man yelled at America, and America yelled back. <laughs> Very funny. You know, I'm excited. I am excited, at least temporarily, for the future of the State of the Union Address. No longer a weird, kingly spectacle, but now kind of a raucous shouting match. I like it. I, I dug it. Big finish now, people. Get out. Get
1: Hey. How y'all doing? We're <laughs> a cover. So I'm uh, uh, first thing I do when I get up in the morning, don't need to be, you know, uh, coarse about this. But I think for a lot of people, among the first things you do in the morning, you know, and especially as a man who's moving into the, uh, you know, the sunset of life is the first thing I do in the morning. (laughs) And I bent forward a little bit and my AirPod fell out right into the toilet. Oh, golly gee. Oh, my my AirPod fell into the toilet. So I had to reach in there with my bare hand and fish it out. Rinse it off. Hope it dries out and works. I don't know. Will it work or is it ruined? I don't know. I also feel like I should boil it (laughs) in something. It's a sickener.
0: To to make sure it's clean. Wow, I... uh... You know, it's funny. I was going to to uh, should I bring throw up that? the no. fact that what should I have thrown that in a bag of rice? That's what I should have done, huh? Probably,
1: yeah. And then had a delicious, uh, you know, rice for dinner tonight.
0: <laughs> um, uh, I was going to say, um, Apple's getting better and better about waterproofing their stuff. Although I don't know how yeah. old your AirPods are. Yeah.
1: So that's how the day started. So I just I feel like it was some sort of indication that things might not go well today. So I'm a little, I'm, uh, you know, got my really looking around, making sure. See if a safe's going to fall on my head or anything like that. That's just sensible. Uh anyway, so old man yells at country, country yells back.
0: Yeah, more or less. That's that's the way I would characterize it. It was fun. Well, uh, it was it was it was long and terrible and stupid, but there were moments that were fun. And did, uh, do you think it's going to mo- you you think it's going to go more that direction in the future? And you're hoping it will. I would be willing to bet everything I own that it will. And uh, yes, I given our complaints of the last quite a few years about the, again, the kingly nature of it and the phoniness of it and the droning on for an hour plus and nobody really taking it seriously. Anything that will deflate this idiotic spectacle is, is good to me. Deflate the idiotic spectacle. Right. That's my chant. Who's with me? So what's your headline out of the State of the Union address? Old man yells at
1: America. America yells back. Okay. How about uh, um, uh, the the second line then? On what particular topic? What do you think if there was a takeaway, and there won't be because there never are? But if there were a takeaway from the State of the Union address, what would it be? Um.
0: Wow. Like in terms of policy and such.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm asking an unfair question because tell me what it was last year, or the year before, or any of the previous hundred years. They don't well, make it. Right, yes. They don't make a dent.
0: Well, that's why I'm surprised by the question yeah. <laughs> from you of all people, sir. Uh, honestly, I think the headline is. The spectacle of the so too is uh, on the downside. It's it's just it's going to change like it should, like everything else. Uh, Yeah. Well, well, you know, maybe this is a good thing. Could be. I was. I I really don't think it's a bad thing. And it's funny. I go back and forth occasionally because I I was reminded of. how when the Queen died, and you in particular were very rude with your dismissiveness. I think we all remember it was mostly Jack who did that, right? Anyway. That's fine with me. You can remember me forever. I don't care. The Queen died. Well, uh, we had a handful of Brits say, you know, it, you guys need to lighten up. It's just, it's a way we come together as a country. You're right. It doesn't really matter. But it's an expression of, hey, we're all Brits. We're all in this together. We yell at each other all the time over politics. But, but we're we're still countrymen. And women, so it's nice for us. And I thought, you know, is this so to that when, you know, whichever geek is running the executive branch from whatever party comes to the 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 podium, everybody cheers, yay, it's the president, it's our country, hooray. And I thought that for about twenty seconds. I thought it's a nice tradition, we all come together. Then I thought, no, it's too long and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and there's not a lot of coming together that happens,
1: so um, I suppose since I don't know if y'all watched it, you know, if you didn't, uh, I suppose the, the 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 headline. Well, here's here's the con- the conversation that's going on on cable news channels as I was bouncing around. So the president comes out, makes some claims about the Republicans that are uh, not true, and I don't just mean like fact check. You can look at it, and no, I mean just like not even close to true. So and 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 even NPR pointed that out this morning. So uh, the president goes up, says some things that aren't true. Was was that baiting the Republicans to yell? Did he do that on purpose to get them to yell and then jujitsu them into agreeing? That's what we need to discuss. And maybe we can play the clip uh, bottom of the hour and, and discuss whether that's what happened. Because that's the take from,
0: uh, like, all the cable news other than Fox, that he cleverly manipulated the. Dumb Republicans into barking like dogs Then coming to heel.
1: Actually, including Fox. Peter Ducey of Fox said he he had that in the speech on purpose. He knew that would evoke a response from the Republicans, and he would get get them to agree to what he wants on television uh, and cheer about it, which is what happened. So uh, from that standpoint, uh, the president's got to consider that a win, and we can play that at the bottom of the hour and uh, see if you agree or not.
0: Do you think so? Do you buy that or not? Uh, yeah, well, in a way I do, but I always get to the bottom line of, will it matter in any way? Well, here's what Um, does matter. However, it came about on
1: television last night, and it's been this way for weeks, because Kevin McCarthy's been saying it and the president's been saying it. Everybody agrees. Social Security and Medicare are off the table as a discussion point for getting our uh, books in order. That doesn't make any sense. No. That doesn't make any sense
0: whatsoever. No, I- indeed. I guess a part of the reason I lack enthusiasm for analyzing the rhetorical trickery, uh, although I think you know that's a pretty good description of the way you described it. That's fine. That's what happened. Um, is that the the importance of the core issue is so enormous, and it's it's that's been the Republican attitude for a very long time. Trump came out and said it. I remember. And uh, and who else was it? Uh, another one of your. A uh, Republican leader said it. Reason.com dot com had a great piece a couple of weeks ago about how that was utterly a betrayal of all adult uh, governance and, and effort to to actually do their jobs and how terrible that was. Well, the way so I guess that's what stuck in my craw.
1: I appreciate the way NPR handled it today because I took in a whole bunch of the echo chamber or, around the State of the Union address just to see what people were saying in print and in uh, uh, broadcast. And NPR, NPR stayed away from any of the 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 cheering, booing, anything like that. I think it was a good way. They just had the president stating Republicans want to, you know, uh, take away your uh, your your Medicare and your Social Security. And then they they said on NPR, which is true. Kevin McCarthy has repeatedly said Republicans are not interested in touching Social Security or Medicare. And then right. they went on to the next story, which is accurate. So uh, Kevin McCarthy's been saying on every talk show he's been on as the new Speaker of the House, Republicans are not. It's off the table. It's not even part of the discussion. Right. Social Security and Medicare. So there you go. Both parties just saying the biggest drivers of our debt are off the table for discussion.
0: Yeah. And I guess that's uh, back to the jujitsu thing. So he cleverly tricked them into saying something they've been saying at any time anybody asked for a very long time. I don't, I just don't know. I don't get, I don't buy that.
1: All right, well, we should start the show officially. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is Wednesday, February 8th, the year 2023. We are Armstrong and Getty, and
0: we approve of this program. Oh, there was one great moment for one of my core issues, one of my heartfelt issues, which I'll tell you about in a moment or two, but first, let's start officially. According to FCC rules and regs, here we go. I had Mark.
2: Make no mistake. If you try anything to raise the cost of precision jobs, I will veto it. What the what, of,
0: what now? But Jim and Gob's cost now.
2: <laughs> Can I hear that again? Make no mistake. If you try anything to raise the cost of precision jobs, I will veto it. That's <laughs> true. Sure. The cost of precision jobs? Well, he should veto that. But
0: Jim it? and Gob's are too expensive. <laughs> What about the working class?
1: <laughs> and the rich get free, curfews and bobs. Right. Whenever they
0: right. them. While well, the rest of us struggle. Who's with me? <laughs> <laughs> See that tone, though, in that background, that, oh, come on, bull ass. And that's my key issue. There was uh, perhaps the first shouting of bull spit in the history of the State of the oh, Union really? address. Wow. Yes. And that is the word I want more than any to become acceptable on the radio. Not that our world isn't coarse enough, but I consider that word to be perfect. Yeah, I don't think that's really that coarse.
1: No, the bull word is just so useful. So this is your issue. This is the hill you're going to die on, making uh, sure everyone gets to say bull-ass in public. <laughs>
0: yes, well, certainly that I get to say it on the radio. Gotcha. It's about me.
2: <laughs>
0: um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's good. Some reaction to the so-to. <laughs> Gotcha. Not very reverent, I'm afraid.
1: Uh, LeBron James is the all-time scoring leader in the NBA. We've got some of the highlights from that from the broadcast. That's really quite an accomplishment. And a bunch of other news, man. A lithium battery caught fire on a plane coming out of San Diego yesterday, and they had to pull What What, what are we going to do with this situation where we're all carrying around like eight lithium batteries that if they catch fire, you can't put them out? Yipes. Um, uh, and a bunch of other stuff that we'll get to. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC.
0: The Armstrong and
2: Getty
1: Show. Ukraine claims claims they've killed more Russian soldiers in the last 24 hours than at any point in the war in the last year.
0: Hmm. Look into that story also coming up a little bit later. Yes, indeed. Plus, uh, a number of delightful clips, highlights, quote-unquote, from the State of the Union address, in case you missed it last night, and I certainly would understand if you did, some of it was pretty entertaining, interesting, blatantly dishonest or whatever. So we'll, we'll hit some of that stuff. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Absolutely love this. Just sent along by uh, J.P.G., So uh, Hannah Arendt, from her book on violence. She was a political philosopher, author, and Holocaust survivor, 20th century thinker. The greater the bureaucratization of public life, the greater will be the attraction of violence. In a fully developed bureaucracy, there is nobody left with whom one can argue, to whom one can present grievances, or on whom the pressures of power can be exerted. Bureaucracy is a form of government in which everybody is deprived of political freedom, of the power to act. For the rule by nobody is not no rule, and where all are equally powerless, we have a ty- tyranny without a tyrant. It's interesting. You know, there were a lot of words there, and they were beautifully wrought. But I think the key part is that once you have fully developed bureaucracy, you have a tyranny without a tyrant. It's
1: that feeling you get at the DMV where there's, like, no specific person to be mad at, but you just hate the whole thing. You're angry at a building or a department. It makes you insane, department. and yeah, so as as more things become like the DMV, including healthcare, yeah, it's
0: frustrating. Yeah, and if you uh, do get a chance to have your grievance heard, the response will be, I'll refer you to the uh, Department of uh, What's-It.
1: Yeah, because you're in front Go of Go talk a, to that building. You're really angry. You're in front of a person who you legitimately believe them when they tell you there's nothing they can do about it. You think, I'll, yeah. b- I'll bet you can't.
0: Right, right. Yeah, even if they wanted to. Oh, mail boiled. you just want to crawl into a hole, you know what I mean? What a great quote. We'll have to come back to that later and discuss all, all good quotes make you want to crawl into a hole. Oh, these days, they do. <laughs> these, these days! days, they do. Some days, <laughs> they do. <laughs> uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com is our email address. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Mikey Luke writes, uh, Hey, Jack Joe, apparently a very old man yelled at America last night. The highlight, someone from the audience yelling at him, calling him a liar. In response, the very old man replied, That's okay, I enjoy conversion. What? that's a pretty good retelling we'll play that for you stirring moment it wasn't exactly four score and seven years ago Uh, Dave writes all I hear is I love government I really really love government or more accurately I love government I
2: really love government (laughs) make no mistake if you try anything to raise the cost of receiving jobs I will veto it (laughs)
1: He does that in a funnier manner than than like somebody doing an impersonation of him. You try to raise the cost because he gets such a head of steam. Let me tell you one thing, man. Hey Jack, you raise the cost for yourself, uh, No joke. <laughs> no joke.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Come oh, on. God. Here's a nice note from Joe Bob who usually signs off, yeah, seriously, Joe Bob. That's his name. Uh, Barack, was, uh, Barack Obama was correct in characterizing the time leading up to de- elections as silly season. However, in the modern age of constant fundraising capability, the silly season never ends. It's our indefinite future. God help us all. That is correct. We're always well in an said. election, so people are always doing the crazy, over-the-top, not-accurate rhetoric. Well said, Joseph Robert. Uh, Paolo, frequent correspondent writes, uh, guys, I think Sarah Sanders calling out of the Dems fealty to the woke culture stuff is a winner. That's in the, uh, completely unwatched Republican reply to the state of the union address. Uh, just about everyone hates it. And the only defense I've heard is the old Mott and Bailey. So you don't want to teach black history or to deny that it's happening at all. If they stick with it, I think they can make it every bit. The albatross that the Trump baggage is for the Republicans. I would agree. I've heard parts of her reply. I thought it was very good. She's a capable speaker and a, an appealing figure um, to the extent that it matters, which ain't much. How about Santos calling
1: Mitt an a-hole on the floor last night? That's some story. Well, it, it,
0: uh, Mitt practically gave him the bum's rush, practically threw him through the plate glass window. Uh, boy, I have some really, really interesting stuff on the domain awareness gap on the, uh, the balloon, the Chinese balloon, to oh, follow good. up on that story. Um, and then a great description um, of uh, how Chat GPT how it got its bias. The creators use a particular technique called reinforcement learning from human feedback, RLHF, they call it, the tech world, which uses human feedback in the training loop to minimize harmful, untruthful, and or biased outputs. Human labelers make all sorts of value judgments about its output. If it's untruthful, if it's offensive, if it's harmful, if it denigrates a protected class... They reward good responses and lots more. This trains ChatGPT to say what its creators want it to say and not to say what they don't want it to say. I tell you, I I enjoy conversion.
1: So are there going to be two versions of AI out there, one programmed by conservatives and one by uh, lefties, or is that the way it's going to work?
0: It's not out of the
1: question. More on the State of the Union. All that stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty.
0: Armstrong and
2: Getty Show. Have you noticed Big Oil just reported its profits, record profits? Last year they made $200 billion in the midst of a global energy crisis. I think it's outrageous. Why? They invested too little of that profit to increase domestic production and when I talk to a couple of them, they say well, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway. So why should we invest in them? I said we're going to need oil for at least another decade, and that's going to exceed <laughs> and beyond that, we're going to need it.
1: Huh? Interesting. So I had read about that, not heard it. Uh, the publication I read. Um, uh, was stating that the lefties were groaning at him saying we we're going to be on oil for another ten years. It sounded more like no. people on no. the right laughing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> than lefties my lefties groaning. Yeah, my take, having been watching it, was that the, it was the, all of that is such crap. So you can. Uh, all of there's been so much hypocrisy and dishonesty from the Biden administration about fossil fuels and the the nature of the oil business. There are 2000 leases they're not even using. And we told refineries we will need oil for another 10 years. Yeah, you're going to you're going to pour 400 million dollars into refurbing a refinery for a by the time you're done with it, then six and a half year window. You would be insane to do that. So. I think all that laughing was just a culmination of the, oh, cut the crap. That, you know, the, the the refinery stuff was the final straw.
1: So uh, b- b- here's my tease before we get into the uh, one of the most important <clears throat> topics of the speech. I don't think any of the speech really leaves a mark, but. Uh, the National Review calls it the grotesque bipartisan moment during Biden's State of the Union address. Grotesque bipartisan moment. So before was a good
0: description. Before it was play, so bizarre
1: and so grotesque. I think the biggest takeaway is style, something completely different. But I'll get to that in a second. But uh, first, the grotesque bipartisan
0: agreement. And I hope during your style review, you talk about Kirsten Cinema's bright yellow dress, Jack. Stay tuned for Jack Talks Congress Style. Body language segment. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So, uh, so we ready for the grotesque stuff then? Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead with uh, the clip 35. I think it's self-evident what's going on.
2: So my, many of, some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it. Unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. (laughs) Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. I tell you, I I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. But it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look, folks. The idea is that we're not going to be we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond, <laughs> folks. So, wow. what's
1: what's the point of doing that when the, the speaker of the house sitting over your shoulder has gone on every talk show, every interview he's done, saying Social Security and Medicare are off the table as a conversation, off the table. Right. So. You know, why why would you go up there and then say that other than Simple demagoguery? Well, according to Peter Ducey of Fox and others, that he it was a it was intended to evoke that response. He thought he could get the Republicans to start shouting and uh, and look unhinged. That's what Peter Ducey of Fox believes. I don't know.
0: Uh, okay. Well, OK, you know, what was interesting before we get into the uh, the national moment of obscenity. <laughs> what was it? The national the you national called it? moment of obscenity or uh, whatever it was um, uh, before we get into that. What was I going to say? Uh, something, something. Uh, oh, you know what I, th- I think was interesting is uh, you could hear when Biden says something that the Democrats like, you're getting a number of the members, including several of the black members. Um, And I say that because I was watching it, who were doing the they're in church thing. That's right. You tell them. Amen. Which I like. I think that's I I like the spirit of it. I like the feel of it. But if you're going to have that, then you're going to have oh bull ass. (laughs) Cut the crap. Anyway, it was spirited. Uh, where was all right? The thirty-six. Here, the the conversation about the massive entitlement programs that are going to bankrupt our nation uh, continues.
2: So, folks, as we all apparently agree, Social Security and Medicare is off the off the books now. Right? They're not to be. Well. All right. He means off the yeah. table. He's very old. We got unanimity. Social Security and Medicare are a lifeline for millions of seniors. Americans have to pay into them from the very first paycheck they started. So, tonight, let's all agree — and apparently we are — let's stand up for seniors. Stand up and show them. We will not cut Social Security. We will not cut Medicare. So Those benefits stand belong at that to the American point. people. They earned it. And if anyone tries to cut Social Security, which apparently no one's going to do, and if anyone tries to cut Medicare, I'll stop them. I'll veto it. And look, I'm not going to allow them to take away, be taken away. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. But apparently it's not going to be a problem. Well, let's
0: stand up for seniors. Yeah. All right. Now let's stand up for the juniors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the juniors almost always win. Um,
1: well, so that is what the National Review called the grotesque bipartisan moment during Biden's State of the Union address. It's grotesque because you have both parties pandering in the most awful populist way against math. Yes. It's just hilarious that this is I where we are. I will not
0: let mathematics stand in the way of making you a promise I can't keep. Yay! We agree. We are going to ignore the mathematics until there's a disaster that's paid for by your children, and the discredit will fall on politicians who've not yet even been elected. Yay! <laughs> I mean, why don't uh, just say that. Be honest and say that.
1: And both sides are in agreement on that. It is grotesque. The National Review is right. It's disgusting. Oh my God. It's and worse. Self-governance has failed. <laughs> That is unbelievable. That is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get the government you deserve to a great extent. I mean, if the calculation is, if the polling is, if the elections have shown, look, people are not going to vote for you if you're going to cut these entitlements at all, ever. And so we have no vote. So the only way we get to be in office to have any vote whatsoever is to to, to not touch these entitlements.
0: Yeah, you know, if they were going to uh, be honest, I mean, and take keep what they've said and then be honest, they would say, we're not going to touch these entitlements at all, and that will require massive tax increases, especially as our pool of God, it'd be young nice. workers shrinks, even as our pool of oldsters expands.
1: Yeah, it'd be nice if uh, either Joe Biden or Kevin McCarthy or whoever's going to speak for the Republicans, would say that. Look, okay, we're not touching them now, but let's all admit, it'd be nice if McCarthy and Biden could have held hands and hold them up together. Okay, we're all in agreement. We're not going to touch Social Security or Medicare. But someday, through a combination of taxes and cutting those programs and every other program in the government, probably including the military budget, we're going to have to deal with this. But we won't deal with it now. Are we all in agreement? Let's forget about it for now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That would be refreshing. I would love that.
1: Wow, to ignore that is just—it's stunning. It's absolute. The, the National Review's headline is perfect. The grotesque bipartisan moment. Wow. So grotesque. Thank it's you, something. Johnny.
0: It's—it's—it's it's, it's stunning yet utterly unsurprising. All right, more on that in a moment. After a word from our sponsor, Lear Capital. We got you a free silver bar. Well, technically, we asked our friends at Lear Capital to do something special for our listeners, and they came through with a free silver bar. We'll tell you how to get it in a moment. Silver bar. Silver bar.
1: Highly respected financial analysts predict gold prices could soar as high as four grand an ounce. Four
0: grand, people. Four grand. Now, there is no magic eight ball that guarantees that gold will hit $4,000 an ounce. But if you bought gold today at Lear Capital's favorable prices and the cost of gold jumps close to predictions, your profits could indeed be life changing.
1: Gold outperformed the S&P 500 for the past 20 years, and gold is a brilliant strategy for protecting your savings and retirement.
0: Why Lear Capital? With a risk-free purchase guarantee, 25 years of experience, and thousands of five-star reviews, you can trust Lear Capital, and for the next 14 days, new Lear customers will receive a free one-ounce silver bar with every ounce of gold you purchase. Your free silver bar offer expires in 14 days, so hurry to leararmstrong.com. Lots of information there as well. leararmstrong.com. Here's what I think might be the biggest thing that comes out of the State of
1: the Union address because uh, these these speeches famously laundry list a bunch of things they're going to do that never happen and uh, really are uh, hang around for like a day and then go away, these speeches. But here's what is is going to hang around much longer than a day. I was looking some of the uh, punditry. Peter Boghossian, who we've had on the show many times, consider him a friend of the Armstrong and Getty show. He's one of the great anti-woke uh, people out there and I've heard him be very critical of Joe Biden, but he said, whether you agree with him or not, Biden is on point, sharp, funny, shows that the senility dementia talk is BS. Then I go to Mark Halpern, who has been very hard on Joe Biden and whether or not Biden should be able to run. His uh, takeaway was casual, colloquial, comfortable, and conversational, playing to his strength, uh, vigor and rigor to agree that could calm the Democratic horses over his age. What's going to come out of this is the combination of the Democrats wouldn't win in the midterms the way they did or doing as well in the midterms as they did. And Biden having what Mark Halperin says is one of the best speeches he's ever given. You ain't going to be able to push him out at the door. The Democrats are not going to be able to make the argument that he can't be the guy. He is going to be the nominee for the Democratic Party for 2024 because of last night.
0: I think that's no, the big takeaway. N- it's not a crazy notion, it, don't you think? I think last that night Halpern it was a little uh, over his skis, but uh, yeah, I was reminded of old Joe Biden, who who's like, it's okay if you disagree. Let's talk about it. Come on over here, buddy. He's a backslapper yeah. and a glad hander, and he's good at it.
1: Yeah, don't you think it's going to make it really hard to 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 make the argument that when you, certainly the whole Twenty Fifth Amendment talk that was up a couple of weeks ago, anyway,
0: is seems out the window. The guy, yeah, he's speak. slurry and old, but he's not incoherent. Although right. they gave him the great big shot in the ass that Trump spoke of uh, before the debates, you remember, so uh, he can only take that mega dose of whatever it is that gives <laughs> him. They give him once the big a fat shot in the ass, and, and the reason, uh, thank you, sir. <laughs> um, the the reason I think Calpern's uh, over his skis is that uh, the slurring and aging and and the rest of it. That's not going to get better. It's just going to keep getting worse. So, yeah, okay, maybe he's going to be the nominee, but good luck with that nominee.
1: Well, uh yeah, but I think if you're going to pull the plug on it, it's got to be soon. So, I that take from, true. my yeah. takeaway from my takeaway from the whole thing is he's going to be the nominee because he did so well last night. And uh so there you go. And he cannot win again. And that's what all the big Democrats are so worried about. So,
0: there that's my takeaway from the speech. He's going I, to be the nominee and he's going to be hard it's going to be hard for him to win. I do not think you're wrong. I just hate to see him allow raising the price of versus your (laughs) visiting jobs.
2: Make no mistake. If you try anything to raise the cost of visiting jobs, I will veto it. (laughs) As you should.
1: How dare you? Uh, A bunch of stuff to talk
2: about. Also, one of the biggest
1: milestones in all of sports last night, among other things, on the way.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
0: Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Westbrook with it. Give it to LeBron at the right elbow. LeBron, one-on-one against Kenrick Williams, backing him in, turns, shoots, scores! There he is! Oh hail the
2: new king in town! Young and old, gather round! From one iconic Laker to another, the king, LeBron James, has passed the captain!
1: In a sport where your whole reason for being on the floor for most of you is to score points, he has scored more points than anybody ever has in the sport of basketball, in the National Basketball Association. So you certainly got to be in the argument for the greatest of all time just because of that, right? I mean, that's really quite amazing. He passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was there courtside and cheering, arms in the air, happy to see another Laker to do it, and it was at home, which uh, was cool. And uh, the best tickets were going for $75,000 a pair. That's that's where Denzel Washington and Jay-Z and Floyd Mayweather, the boxer, and those kind of people were sitting. And the $75,000 seats to be on hand for the moment where uh, LeBron James becomes the all-time leading scorer. He he did it in 150 fewer games than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did it in, which is really quite amazing. With a higher scoring average per game and at a younger age, although he didn't go to college, so that's a little unfair. Yeah. It is uh, hard to imagine that record ever being broken, but that's what they said about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar dang near 40 years ago, nine months yeah. before LeBron was born.
0: LeBron James is an astounding basketball player. I've seen him play in person more than once. I have thought the same thing I thought about Tiger Woods in 2000. My God, they're going to have to change the game. This guy is too good. Uh, but I will go ahead and tip my cap to uh, most of our audience who's thinking, yes, but he's obnoxious. And I wish he'd shut up about politics because he just wears me out. So there you have it. Woke, forceful, disdainful, borderline racist, but he sure can put the ball through the hoop.
1: Um, uh, He said something last night. Uh... He
0: did. He did, Jack. He sullied the very ears of American youth. Play the clip, Michael, if you dare.
1: I would never, ever in a million years uh, dreamt this even better than what it is tonight. So, f- man, thank you guys. <laughs> oh
0: my god! Oh lord! Filthy, filthy <laughs> LeBron!
1: <laughs> that wasn't necessary at all. Speaking a bad language—we just can't get away from it as the culture continues to decay. It's disgusting, man. Um, George Santos. The uh, complete phony who got elected to Congress by lying about everything. You all know who he is now. I mean, hes he's, a, he's got some sort of problem with him. He is on the floor of the House last night, and uh, he crosses paths with Mitt Romney, who might be one of the m- more upstanding people in all of our government. And uh, according to Santos himself, this is how it went down, because he did well, an interview oh, shortly really? after. Again, again your obvious problem. <laughs> but yeah, but, but looking, at, looking at the lip reading, it looks pretty accurate. Because um, they've, they've got it on camera on C-SPAN. Uh, Mitt said, you don't belong here, as he yeah, walked that's past that's what I've him. heard. Yeah. And Santos said, go tell that to the 142,000 that voted for me. Mitt said, you're an ass. Santos says, you're a much bigger blank hole. My, my. And then Mitt just kept walking, and Santos said some more things that Mitt was ignoring. So...
0: You know, the funny thing about Santos is he got there early and grabbed a seat right on the center aisle so he'd be able to touch everybody and shake hands and be seen constantly on camera. And Mitt said later, you know, if I was him, I'd be in the back row hiding in the shadows so nobody could see me out of shame. But he wanted to be front and center, which is something. Well, that's the weird thing about
1: him. He, he's, he's beyond. I mean, he's a different thing. Than uh, just somebody's kind of slimy. His brain. Oh, he's is, got a screw loose. Yeah, his brain is broken. In fact, Mitt said that later in another one of the interviews. He's a sick puppy, is what he said. But he is. Well, he's got something wrong with him.
0: Well, and Mitt said something to that effect, and then uh, Santos tweeted at him. All right. Yeah. Well, you'll never be president. Right. Oh, good. Shot. That's just fine. Go play volleyball. Good shot. You know what? My buddy Craig, back to the uh, LeBron story, he points out, yeah, well, LeBron never fought Bruce Lee like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did in Game of Death. I'm unfamiliar with that. Yeah. Come on. Fought Bruce Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Man, did Trump go big on attacking DeSantis yesterday? If you haven't followed that, holy crap. I missed that. Really? Is this what the campaign is going to be
0: like? No,
1: probably. If you miss an hour of this show, you can grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. We do four hours and you can uh, hear them all. A little more from the State of the Union, a bunch of other stuff coming up Rest of the show. Oh, rest of the show. Armstrong and Getty